Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Over the past few weeks, we've journeyed through some of the towns where the story of Jesus took place. We traveled from Hebron to Bethlehem and from Jerusalem to Nazareth. Along the way, we've seen the story of Jesus unfold. And as we've dug in a little deeper, we've seen our story and our lives reflected in these Christmas towns. And today we conclude our journey at the home base of Jesus's ministry, Capernaum. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe God has you where you are in your life right now on purpose? You know, sometimes we try to manipulate things so that life becomes what we'd like for it to be, only to have it backfire on us. For example, I learned early on in marriage that my wife's MO was to be right on time or a few minutes late, while my MO is to be early. So when Beth and I lived in Dallas one Sunday morning, I decided to get to the church early, so I set our clocks ahead 10 minutes, and I felt so good about my decision. Life was going to be really good because we were going to be early, and my plan was working flawlessly until Beth, who was listening to the radio, heard the time on the radio. She compared that to the time on the clock, and she realized that the time on the clock was wrong, and she was so excited. She came in to the living room to tell me that she had 10 extra minutes, and she, she added, now I have time enough to eat breakfast. It backfired on me. We ended up being later than we would have been originally. It was awful. Sometimes, When we get discontent where we are, it's just because we're waiting for the next place, things to get better. But today we're going to see in the town of Capernaum that where we find ourselves in the present time is exactly where God wants to use us. One of the things I've learned and I want to pass on to you is this little jewel. And we discussed it last week. We get to find contentment, joy, and purpose right where we are. Capernaum was a small fishing village on the northern shore on the Sea of Galilee that Jesus considered his hometown during the last three years of his life, during his ministry time. And like everything Jesus did, moving to Capernaum had a purpose. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. We'll start with verse 13. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun, and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near." Jesus moving to this small fishing village wasn't just an off-the-cuff decision. He didn't do it because a realtor found him a good deal on some waterfront property on the Sea of Galilee. It was part of God's bigger plan. See, 700 years before this move, Isaiah prophesied that God would bring light to these people. And did he ever? Capernaum served as home base for Jesus during his three-year ministry. The people in Capernaum were blessed because the Son of God lived in their hometown, or at least that's what I think would would be the case. Once when Jesus was returning to Capernaum, Matthew actually wrote about Jesus returning to, quote, his own town. 
It was as though Jesus's attitude was, this is my city and I'm going to give it my best. And did he ever give his best to Capernaum? While Jesus was in Capernaum, he did some of the most well-known work in his ministry. For one thing, compared to other places, he performed a disproportionate number of miracles in Capernaum, which included healing the centurion's son. Remember that? Healing the nobleman's son or healing Peter's mother-in-law. I've been to that place. Healing the paralytic. Amazing. All of it happened in Capernaum. And that wasn't all of the miracles. There's actually more. He cast out the unclean spirit, and it was likely here that he raised Jairus' daughter to life. Each one was a huge part of God's bigger plan. Capernaum was also where Jesus handpicked his very first group of disciples. Remember these ragtag, unimpressive group of guys made up of three young fishermen and a tax collector. This is where he met Peter, James, and John, who lived nearby, and also Matthew, the hated tax collector. In fact, Soon after his decision to leave everything to follow Jesus, Matthew threw a party at his house and invited Jesus, as well as all of his family and friends, most likely as a going-away party for himself. But it happened right here in Capernaum. It was right here in Capernaum that Jesus taught some of the most powerful messages. In the synagogue of Capernaum, the people got to hear Jesus deliver his powerful speech on the bread of life. Wow. When it came to the place that Jesus lived, He actually did give his very best, and so much good was done in that town. And here's what's crazy to me. Jesus did some of his most important work, built some of his most important relationships, and taught some of his best messages right where God placed him. He didn't go over to Tiberias, which was bigger, more impressive city on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He didn't wait to do all the work in Jerusalem where he would have had more influence and audience, although God had plans for him to go there too. It was just going to be later on. He didn't travel to Rome where the message he taught and the miracles he performed could have changed an empire. God knew that that was going to come later through Paul and the church. Jesus chose to serve and make an impact right where God placed him, in a small, unassuming village beside the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum. And when I read these stories in Scripture and I think about Jesus' faithfulness and giving his best in and where God intentionally and purposefully had him live, I can't help but wonder if I'm following in the footsteps of Jesus. Am I being faithful in my Capernaum? Are you being faithful in your Capernaum? Capernaum is where you are right now. Capernaum is the family you live with. It's the street you live on. It's the city you enjoy your life in. It's the office you go to every day or occasionally like some of my friends. Listen, I believe that God has you where you are in your life right now on purpose. The question is, are you giving your best to God's mission? In your home, are you giving your best and living on purpose? It's got to start right there. Are you loving your wife, respecting your husband? Are you paying attention to your kids when you get home from work? If you're a father, are you leading your family spiritually? You know, so often we can get busy with life and all of all the troubles that we have, and we are so intentional for the projects that we have at the office or intentional about the hobbies that we have and the fun activities that we take part in during our off time, but we may not have a clear plan and purpose on how we lead the ones who are closest to us. Your family is the only one that you have. Well, Hopefully. 
give them your best. Don't leave it at the office or on the golf course. Put down the phone when you get home, play with the kids, open your Bible and read it with your spouse. Don't rely on one day a week at a microchurch gathering being the only time that there's purpose in your family's spiritual health, although it's important. But Capernaum isn't just your house. It's also your neighborhood. It's the neighbors across the street and next door. It's the person who's always complaining on the community Facebook page about people who leave the trash can out in front of the house too long or park in the wrong spots. That might have been me recently who's not complaining, but who parked in the wrong spots. And I might have left the trash can out a bit too, too long. But God has you there among those people. The question is, are you giving it your best and living on purpose and on mission? Just simply put, are you loving your neighbor? If you want to know what your purpose is in your neighborhood, Jesus made it pretty clear. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the great commandment that informs how we live at the radical center. Now, not just in an, in an abstract way, but do you actually show love to those who live closest to you? It's funny that when we read where Jesus says, love your neighbors yourself, we can, we can all become these Bible scholars and start talking about what and who Jesus means by our neighbors and just miss the fact that we don't know the names of the people who live in the house next to us. Just saying, <laughs> if the shoe fits, y'all. <laughs> so go out today, bring them a plate of your best chocolate chip cookies, uh, make them a dinner, get them a gift card, thank them for being a good neighbor. And here's a radical idea. Talk to your neighbors. Say hello, wave, and give a smile. And make sure that you throw the best party you can that people will be talking about for years because of all the HOA rules you broke. That's what Jesus did in the place where he lived. Well, maybe not breaking all the HOA rules. I'm just saying that God has you in the neighborhood for a purpose, to be salt and light and to bring a message of hope. And it doesn't take much, a little will do. But your Capernaum doesn't stop there. Your Capernaum is also your workplace. Now, for most of us, the workplace is where we spend most of our awake hours, right? During any given week. How much of a waste is it if we aren't living on purpose and giving our very best? Might be that you work in the home or at an office or spend most of your time at school. It doesn't matter. Wherever you spend your time, live on purpose. In fact, there's a biblical precedent for giving our very best wherever we, we work. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. When you're at work, you're not working for your boss, your manager, your supervisor. You're actually actually working for the Lord. That'll change your perspective, won't it? As followers of Jesus, we should be the hardest worker in the workplace. We should set the example that others want to follow, an example of integrity and honesty, diligence, focused work. That's the type of work Jesus did in Capernaum and wherever he went. But you're also not just called to do work that's on your job description. In fact, that work is secondary. Your main purpose, our main purpose in work and anywhere else is to be salt and light, is to make Jesus known to everyone. Capernaum is wherever God has placed you right now. It doesn't matter the circumstances or the location. It doesn't matter if you like it and if you're, or if you're longing for something or someplace else. It doesn't matter if it's only for a season or God has you there for the long haul. You're in your Capernaum 
right now, your home, your neighborhood, your workplace, your church, your community, that's your Capernaum. The question is, are you, am I, giving our very best and living on purpose? Now, when we start giving our best and living on purpose, it changes us, it energizes us, even if it doesn't necessarily produce the results we want. I wanna look back at the story of Jesus in Capernaum. He gave his best there, but was his best good enough? Did the people repent? Did they believe in him? Did they follow him? Not at all. Now we gotta hit pause here because I, I really want you to get this. 700 years before Jesus was born, God predicted that the town of Capernaum would receive a great light. Turns out that the great light was the light of the world. And you'd think he'd have a massive ministry and a massive following, but that wasn't the case with Jesus. Sadly, eventually, Jesus actually cursed Capernaum for their unbelief. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 20. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Now jump down to verse 23. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. You see, even after all his effort, the town was filled with unbelief. It's shocking to me that the people heard Jesus preach in their synagogue and experienced healing in their bodies, and yet that wasn't enough to convince them to turn back to God. But God had a bigger purpose for Jesus living in Capernaum. Jesus' job was to be obedient. Jesus gave his best because he was ultimately serving God and fulfilling his bigger purpose. Does it make sense? He left it all on the court. As we like to say in sports and in microchurch, living a called out life at the Radical Center is all about obedience. Don't overthink it, live it. Obedience is never a waste of time or effort. And sometimes when we give our best, doing what we believe God has called us to do, we may not get the outcomes that we think our effort deserves. Sometimes obedience feels like a colossal waste of time, honestly. So don't misunderstand me. I'm a big proponent of using our gift or our gifts in a way that bring tangible results. I'm a huge proponent of getting results on whether or not something is effective. That's important. But really, we need to remember that God is working out his plan, not our plan, and we get to be a part of it. See, Jesus gave his absolute best in Capernaum and still most of the people remained in spiritual darkness, but it fit right into God's strategy. And so because Capernaum is where God had him, Jesus gave his very best and left the outcomes to God. I don't know what last year was like for you, but for some it was awful and for others it was a great year. But don't get stuck in a time warp. Keep perspective, focus on what you can control and stay obedient to God's call on your life. Just for perspective, remember, Remember that in the year 2000, you had Y2K that was gonna destroy everything? You remember that? That was followed by the fear of anthrax in 2001. The West Nile virus is gonna kill us all, they said in 2002. SARS in 2003, the bird flu in 2005, E. coli in 2006. And of course, there's that financial collapse in 2008, only to be followed by the swine flu in 2009, the threat of North Korea in 2013, the threat of ISIS, 
in 2015, the Zika virus in 2016, in 2020, it was the coronavirus. Now, like I said, we really need to remember that God is working out his plan, not our plan. We just get to be a part of it. And like Jesus, we should intentionally give our very best, trust God every step of the way. We just need to leave it all on the court for God, even when we may not be experiencing immediate tangible results. And that's something I'm telling you, but I'm reminding myself. Have you ever given your very best only to feel like your best effort went unappreciated and worse was belittled? I know what that feels like. It feels awful. And rather than asking God to bless them and strengthen me, I've asked God to go ahead and bring judgment on them. And a moving truck for me, that'd be nice. A friend of mine worked faithfully for 10 years in one congregation only to see it get smaller and smaller due to a multitude of factors. You talk about second guessing your purpose. Nobody was calling him to share their, you know, come share your story about church growth. No one thought that he had the answers to anything, but he alone with three other great men of God decided to turn over their property and assets to another congregation who promised to relaunch the church as a campus of their larger uh, church. I led that work and I hired my friend to serve as the campus pastor. And now, four years later, my friend is still serving as still serving in that city and that campus has grown to a weekend attendance of more than 700 people. Only God could do something like that. But we don't always get the results we think we should get. But oftentimes, God is telling a bigger and better story than the one we think he should be telling. The only thing I need to worry about is my obedience and let God worry about the outcome. Now, here's some questions to ask yourself to see how you're doing in your Capernaum. Are you content and thankful to God for where he is currently using you? Or do you find that you're mostly discontent or frustrated with your current assignment from God? Are you giving your very best to God or have you just stopped giving your very best to serve others in your city, your business, church, or family? And finally, are you trying to please man or God? See, Jesus was effective and content because he knew that his purpose on earth was to please God in heaven. And that's our purpose too. So how are you doing in your Capernaum? You know, it's like we talk about in microchurch. It's mission over me. That's a nice phrase, and it makes an awesome T-shirt, as you well know. But life, practically, when we have to deal with mission over me. I was showing that uh, phrase, that uh, T-shirt that we made for microchurch, mission over me, to a friend. And she said to me, she, was, she got very serious, and she said, that's really hard for me. And I, and, and I started to say something and she stopped me and said, no, I'm serious. It's hard for me. I've struggled with this my entire life. And what's funny is she's a person I would never have ever questioned whether or not it was the mission that God has us on or whether my own needs came first. Mission over me. Wherever God has you, that's your Capernaum. That's my Capernaum. I thought of 10, 20 stories about how I would like for things to turn out differently. But then I thought, you know what? In the end, does it matter? In the end, we're all going to know what is true and right and what God's intent was and all the good that was done 
whenever we're with him finally. So I encourage you, stay faithful and obedient to God's will and his calling on your life right where you are. Let's pray. Father, thank you for where you have us. We pray only, Father, that you will, you will find us faithful to your call on our life. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.